listening to were not just any Jews, but remember they were devout Jews. So up to this point in our Bibles tonight, we've seen men speaking in tongues when, when those tongues said on those men, which those other languages. And now we have Peter standing up tonight and he's telling those men just exactly how all this is coming to pass. Now Peter is standing up and he's preaching a message tonight in those days that would not have been popular uh, with the crowd. And may I say to you tonight, the message is still not popular in the crowd in our day either. Amen. The message of Lord Jesus Christ is not a popular message. If it was popular tonight, folks would stop and drop what they're doing on Wednesday night and they'd be in God's house to pack around. Amen. They'd stop what they're doing on Sunday morning and they'd pack out the house of God. But it's not a popular message, but it is still the proper message. Jesus saves. Amen. Alright, so with that on our minds, let's look at what it is that Peter was telling these Jews about. Now, if we're going to review that tonight, uh, let's look back in our last study a little bit at where we were in verse 21, where Peter says this. He said, It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Peter was telling the crowd back over there in verses 19 through 20 about a bad time that was coming, was he not? The Bible said in verses 19 through 20, And I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Peter was letting the Jews know tonight about some bad times that were coming. So we see that Peter, as he stands up tonight, at the first of his message, we see it didn't look like he was given a lot of hope there. But friend, I'm glad that as you and I read on, uh, we can find out, thank the Lord, that better days light ahead for these old boys if they believe Christ. Friend, it was like Peter was telling these old boys here that, hey, there's some bad times coming, but you ain't got to go through those bad times. Amen? Because you can be saved from the wrath of a thrice holy God. Friend, if you're saved tonight, you are saved from the wrath of God. Amen? And that's, that's what we looked at in our last study, and we talked about how that time has come tonight where whosoever shall call on that shall we say. Friend, I'm telling you, I'm glad tonight that you and I are living in that very day tonight. If folks call upon Christ, they can be saved by grace through faith. Thank God in Christ. And I'm glad if you're lost tonight, if you're in this building lost, and you call upon Christ, the Bible said He'll save your soul. He will not turn you away. He will not say you're too good or that you're too bad. Hey, it don't matter where you've been, where you come from. You call upon Christ and He'll save your soul. Is that not what the Bible said? That's what God said. I believe what God said. So Peter stood up and said all that. But now let's look at some other things he stands up and says as well. Let's read again verse number 22. The Bible said, You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by Him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Alright, Peter's standing up tonight and he's standing up boldly. And right now, not only is he telling these folks the time's come in which people can be saved, but he's also going to proclaim a name that was hated in those days, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if you'll notice in this verse tonight, the phrase, first of all, 
you men of Israel hear these words. So we say tonight who is being addressed is still those Jews, just like we said. And what Peter's about to do, and he's going to prove to them tonight uh, that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. He's going to show them that he's alive and he's well on the right hand of God. Now he's about to tell them uh, that all that had occurred at Pentecost was all the proof that they needed to know that Jesus Christ had risen from the grave. May I say to you tonight that all that we need tonight for proof that Christ is alive is God's word that was written by holy men of God. Amen. That's what we need tonight. So now let's look at this verse also where the Bible said Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God and let's look at this verse and how he was approved of God well the Bible said which is by miracles and wonders and signs alright so Jesus Christ was the man uh, he's the man amen he was the man that was approved of by God Alright, by God the Father. And He lets us know that tonight because He's the only one who was sent by God. You keep that in your mind now. And all the miracles He done in the Bible, which those Jews had seen, not only let you and me know that He was approved of by God, but it was also to let these Jews know that He was approved of by God as well. Alright, and while I'm at it, I want to say this. Not only was He approved by God, he was God-man at the same time. Alright, now you've got to understand that tonight or you're not going to understand your Bible or the hill of beans. Jesus Christ was all man and all God at the same time. Now you and I know that Jesus Christ showed that He was sent by God. He, he showed you that and He showed me that and He done that by miracles in which He done. And He done that by His teaching as well. Well, the Bible said, and you can turn there over in John. We're going to be looking at a lot of things in the book of John, but you can turn there and hold your finger there. Well, the Bible said this in John chapter 3 and verse number 2. The Bible said, The same came to Jesus by night and said to Him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. God was, uh, Jesus was showing himself that he came from God the Father. Alright, so they knew that he was a teacher sent from God. And they knew that not only by his teaching, but they knew that by his miracles. And the one that told Jesus he was a teacher, back up there in uh, John chapter 3 and verse number 2, he was a good teacher as well. That man's name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, I understand that you come from somebody from another country. You come from somebody else. Amen. So he knew Jesus came from God. And Jesus told him that he did on many occasions, did he not? The Bible said in John chapter 5, verses 26 through 27, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he's the Son of Man. So many times in our Bible, Jesus lets us know He come from God and that God gave Him as well. We're going somewhere with this. So does the Bible not say in John 3, 16 through 17, little verse that we read a whole lot, but look over the meaning of, the Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's one of the most powerful verses in our Bible if you understand what it means. We're going to look at that later. So as Jesus Christ is telling these Jews here in the Bible, He says, I've come from God the Father. God the Father sent me. And it's like He's saying, I want you to understand that. And I've been approved of God as well. Christ is approved of God. Now He was the only one tonight who never knew any sin. We know that. This is elementary. Jesus Christ is perfect. He's the God-man tonight. Never done any sin. He was approved of by God. And all the miracles that He done tonight were so those Jews could look and they could say, this is the Messiah. That's not what they've done now. We know that. Alright, He says, I'm the one that was in the beginning with God. The Bible said in John chapter number 1, verses 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. Now if you got your Bible tonight, that Word, there's a capital W meaning Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything that was made. Now it's Jesus tonight that is the image of the invisible God. You can't see God, can you? No, now we can't see Jesus in our day either, but Jesus was the, invi- was the image, the invisible God. How do you know? Well, the Bible said, and you can flip over there if you want to, or hold your place in John. We're going to be in John a lot. Well, the Bible said in Colossians chapter 1, verses 14 through 17, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That's talking about Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, get a hold of this, or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. So we see that it's Jesus who made all things. I'll never forget our little girl one time. And she was playing with a Barbie doll. And she said, God made my Barbie doll. And I said, yeah, in a sense he did. He gave somebody the knowledge why in the world he did, I don't know. But he did to make them things, alright? So we see that tonight. Jesus makes all things. And we see that it was Jesus who was sent by God. It was Jesus tonight in which God had even chosen to speak to the people uh, so that they didn't know Jesus was the Messiah. Listen, your Bible said this in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1 through 2. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days... Wow. I got to go. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. God's letting you and me know something tonight, trying to get our attention, like Brother Daniel Lawrence stated, that it's Jesus Christ who is the Messiah, who's been approved by God. And it's as Peter is standing up amongst this crowd tonight and preaching this sermon, he's letting these Jews know in our Bible that Jesus Christ was their Messiah indeed. He came in the fulfillment of the prophecies in the Bible that were pinned down in the Old Testament. He came in. He is the door. He came the way up the door. And He is the Messiah tonight. Alright? So, He was letting these people know that everything Jesus did 
prove to them that He's Christ and they still rejected Him. Alright, so when Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead, what was He doing? Not only was He healing the sick, and that's a miracle, but what was He doing? He's trying to show these Jews, hey, I'm Christ. I'm the one that you're waiting for. Amen. He's trying to show them. Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead. He walked on water, turned water into wine. Jesus cleansed the leper and He done that to show them Jews He's the one. Amen. And Jesus even said in John 15, 24 and 25, If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not sinned. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my Father. But this cometh to pass that the Word... what. What happened? God is behind every bit of this. Uh, but this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Peter was saying he's come. Peter was letting the Jews know at this time that only God could have performed something like this. Amen. And even though Jesus Christ done the miracles, the Jews would still yet not believe Lord Jesus Christ. These devout Jews that we're talking about. Alright, so now let's read verse 23. And I want to show you something that kind of caught my attention. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. That right there caught my attention so much we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Let's read that again. Him, Jesus Christ, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. That's as far as we're going to get tonight. Listen, he brings home a strong truth to these Jews in the Bible tonight. They delivered Jesus. Alright? Which means that they had surrendered Him right into the hands of His enemy. And they allowed the enemies of Jesus Christ to take Him. We know that tonight. Okay, and before we get too far to this tonight, we also need to know and understand. You've got to know this. This is important. That if God had not have wanted any of this to happen, then this would have never happened. You've got to understand that. God is on the scene all the time, all through the text of our Bible, and all through the world of our day. So the Bible said in John 10 and 18, Jesus is talking. He says, no man taketh it from me. Jesus being all God and all man. So when Jesus is talking, God's talking. And He said, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. God working in the midst. The Bible said in John 19, 10, 11, Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? You know what Pilate was? He's prideful. He says, I've got power to do this. What does Jesus say? Jesus answered in verse number 11 of John 19. Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. 
Amen. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Jesus Christ was delivered tonight into the hand of the enemy. And we know he was hung on the cross tonight to die and bleed for you and me. We know elementary here that he shed his blood so he could be saved. He took the mockings. He took the beatings. He took the lashings, the cat and nine tails. We know that he didn't open up his mouth. He hung there open tonight in shame. And he took all that for you and for me tonight so we could be saved and born again. We don't know all that, but I'm glad Jesus died for us, aren't you? Friend, He didn't have to. God did not have to send His Son, but He did. But the amazing thing about all this is what Peter says in the Bible. Peter tells the people here that all this was done in the foreknowledge of God. Man, that struck me. Maybe you've seen this before. But listen, this is the only way all this could have happened. Keep in mind tonight, all this happened so we could be saved. Listen, as God knew and ordained the death of His Son. I told that to a person one time. They said, you have lost your mind. No, I have not. We're going to dig into the Bible and look at this. It would be like you and me tonight, knowing that one of our children had the only cure for the whole entire human race tonight. You think about that. Let's say a sickness spread, well it kind of is, but let's say a sickness spread throughout the human race. But let's say it was your son or your daughter or my daughter that had the only cure in the world to cure the entire human race. And we had to send them to die. Friend, do you understand that's what God done. God knew that His darling Son had the only cure for the sin of this world tonight. And He ordained that Jesus was to die for all humankind. Now that's Bible. Listen, Mark 10, 33 through 34. Bible says this, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall... That word shall mean it's, it, it means it's going to happen. Shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him and shall scourge him. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. Why? Because it's ordained by God. And shall spit upon him and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. God had ordained the death of His Son. Why would He do that? Because He knew that it was His Son that had the cure for you and for me. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. My, my, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You talk about the grace of God tonight. Pilate delivered him to be crucified. The Jews released Barabbas, a murder and a thief. Instead of Jesus, they led Jesus away to Calvary to die and to bleed for us. And I know it's a simple little verse. But if you really look at it, John 3.16 shows us how much God loves us. We put that on the church sign up here. So the world can know there's God in heaven that loved them enough to send His Son to die for them. 
on the old rugged cross. That right there shows us tonight. And I'm not being Joe Osteen. Amen. And I'm not. Hey, but God is love. Amen. He is. I know that about turns my stomach to say it the way the world has made that into. What does that statement mean? It means that He loves us more than anybody ever could. It doesn't mean that He loves us while we're sinning. God hates sin. But listen, He loved us enough to send Jesus to die for us. God manifested His love for us because God sent His Son to die. Well, look, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. That's the Word of God. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Peter made it clear to these Jews here in the Bible that what they did to Jesus, they did by the determinate counsel of God. Because God already knew this was going to happen. And it just so happens that word determinate means this. It means defined or marked out. So Jesus' death had been marked by God at a specific time by God. And we see that word determined used again in Luke 22 and 22. The Bible says, truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. He said, God, I've come to do your work. Not my will, but thine be done. The death of Jesus Christ. Listen, there's folks who think that it's a fairy tale. There's folks who think it was an accident. Just a coincidence. I'm telling you tonight, the providential hand of God was all over the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Savior. Friend, I'm telling you, John Phillips put it like this. He said, when God acted in creation, He also acted in redemption. Well, listen, He was the Lamb in Revelation 13 and 8 where the Bible said, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him whose names are not written in the, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So there are many that will say the Jews killed Jesus. Uh, there's others that will say the Romans killed Jesus. There's some that will say it was us. I'm not going to argue because that's not wrong. That's not wrong. But what killed Jesus tonight put Him on that cross. It wasn't simply just us. It was our sin. Our sin put Him on the cross. But really, when we get down to the fact of Calvary tonight, it wasn't the sin that killed Christ. Sin put Him up there. Who killed Christ? God demanded Christ's death on the cross. Because it was God who demanded a sacrifice that could take away the sin of the world. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was only God tonight who could provide what God demanded, that sacrifice for sin. So that's why God up in heaven provided Himself a body. That body is the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, to wit that God was in Christ, 
reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. It was not man that killed Christ, but according to our Bible, it was Jehovah God tonight who smote the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. God killed his son and sent him to die for you. For God so loved the world. You understand God loves you more than anybody else ever could. You understand He loved you enough to kill His Son so you can live with Him and His Son forever. Oh, my friend, you get a hold of that and it'll make a back to shout. Listen to this. Isaiah 53 and 4, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Remember that the Bible said in John 10 and 18, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. It was God's command. And Christ cried out in the garden of Gethsemane, Not my will, but thine be done. Next time you think God don't love you, I'm going to go ahead and take God loves you. I'm telling you, friend, a man that would send his own son. God is a man. He's God. He's got feelings. And he wants his son to die for you and for me. My, my. God knew he was going to have to smite his son. He done it because why? He demanded holiness. He demanded holiness. A holy sacrifice. The only way to get that kind of holiness and forgiveness of sin is through God Himself. So He sent His darling Son to this world to die for us. Peter was letting these people know, amen, that this Jesus who they crucified was crucified so they could be saved. Amen. God's holiness would demand full payment for man's sin kind on the cross. God knew that, so He sent His Son because that holiness would demand that full payment. You and I couldn't do it. Only Christ could. But there's a lot of people in the world who think they're going to get to heaven by doing good. We can't be holy as God. We can't do it. But Christ could. Man. Peter's telling these Jews just how much a holy and thrice God loved them. He loved them and us enough to let Jesus be slain. It's really his God that done that. To offer himself a perfect sacrifice for our sin. What you and I have to offer ain't nothing. Nothing. Oh, it's going to get better than he was betrayed into the hands of these Jews, crucified, dying, bled. But at the same time, man really didn't have a lot to do with it like they think they did. But God was preparing a way up to heaven for men for you. That's the love of God. That's grace tonight. But you and me nor the Jews ever deserve to have such grace as that. I'm glad God sent Christ. Jesus died. Now on man's side, by the hand of those Jews, he was slain. Peter was letting them know tonight that even though all this was the foreknowledge of God, the man's side of it is this. That they took Jesus and they killed Him with wicked hands. The Bible said that there in Acts. But really it's God killed Him, His own Son. So you and me could live. Now you talk about the grace of God. But listen, friend. 
He knew Jesus Christ was the cure for sin. That's why it pleased the Lord to bruise His Son. The Bible said in Isaiah 53, 10, 11, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. He hath put Him to grief. When thou shalt make His soul an offering for sin, He shall see His seed. He shall prolong His days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. God satisfied at the travail of his own son's soul. My goodness. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. God took our iniquities, our sin on the cross. If you don't feel free anymore, I'm telling you, you ought to. Hey, your sin tonight's gone. If you're saved, it's been nailed to the cross. The sin debt is paid. You'll never feel the wrath of a price. Holy God, I'm telling you, I'm free. I don't know about you. And it don't matter if the country we live in becomes unfree. I'm still free. Amen. Listen, even though it was the foreknowledge of God, it's still by men's hands tonight in which the Savior was crucified. You've got to understand that. Even though God knew it, even though God smote His Son, a sinful man still had His part in it. The blood of Christ was upon all these Jews' hands that put Him up on that pole. And I'm telling you, friend, if you're lost tonight, it's on your hands. It's on your hands. The blood of Christ. Because Christ died for you. Peter was saying, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, if you're lost tonight, you're guilty. Sinner. I know that's not popular in any life, but it's the truth. But I'm glad if you can get lost, you can sure get found. Thank God. Let's all stand tonight. Our head bound, our eyes closed. There's so much more I want to say. This is a loaded verse right here. Loaded verse. Let's all stand tonight. Our head bound, our eyes closed. Don't that give a new meaning? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That God would kill His Son so you could live. My, my, hey, nobody, nobody loves you like God does. How many of you just be willing tonight to come and thank God for giving His only begotten Son so you can live in heaven? How many of you come? I'm glad God done it and I want to thank Him. How many of you come? It's all right to thank Him every now and again. If God hadn't have done that, heaven would never be our home tonight. We would never have the promise of seeing saved loved ones again if Christ hadn't have done that for us. Hey, would you come and thank Him? Giving His Son to be that perfect sacrifice for our sin. I want to ask you this tonight. I don't know your heart, but if you're here tonight, say, Preacher, I'm lost. Boy, I'd hate to think. Set under this knowing that God gave His life. God gave His Son the best that He had.
for you, and then you have to wake up and lift up your eyes and hail. Boy, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? That'd be terrible. Maybe you're here and you're lost. You say, preacher, I've never been saved. Would you come to the altar tonight? Maybe you're at the altar praying right now. You slip your hand up, preacher. I'm lost, never been saved. Pray for me. There'll be a hand anywhere tonight. Amen. Anybody else need to tonight. Tell you what, God's been good. God's been good. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving